Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphenation. I'm your host, Kelvin Conley. My friend Derek Ferguson passed away on April 4th. He was 62 years old. And a lot of the reason why I'm sitting here at this very microphone has to do with Derek. And also a lot of the reason why um, I haven't been sitting at this microphone has to do with Derek as well. Derek was a loving husband, uncle, brother, friend, writer. Derek was everything that I ever wanted to be in life. He really was. Like, there's certain people who I've met in my life who I go home and I'm like, man, I'd really like to be like that person someday. One of those people is my father. Shout out to you, Dad. Happy belated birthday. See you in a few weeks. Another person is uh, Eric Jordan, one of my best friends. I've known E for, man, we're closer to (laughs) 20 years than we are 10 years now. Uh, We're at 16 years now. And I've always wanted to be like him. There's my, my best friend, my brother, Matthew Spencer. A lot, a lot of times I, I've looked up to him, seeing things he was accomplishing. Doc Hawkins, shout out to you, Doc, man. Hope you're doing, rest in peace, Doc. No, another, another guy I wanted to be like, one of the first people I met in college. He, man, Doc was that dude. And then there was Derek. <laughs> So, Derek was on the show before. It was uh, one of the 70s episodes. I feel like it was like episode 78, maybe, when the man comes around. And Derek and I had a great conversation that I re-listened to a few months back after he passed. Just about everything. And the, the cool thing about Derek, man. Derek didn't give a fuck who you were, man. He had he had his boundaries, obviously. There's certain people he wouldn't fuck with. But for the most part, Derek was so welcoming to everybody. So nice, so I already said welcoming, but that that just says it. He was a very in- inclusion based kind of guy. Derek would be the guy, I feel like, who would see the kid across the playground by himself even if Derek had some friends with him and he would go over and talk to that guy and be like, Hey, what are you doing over here? You want to come hang out with us? You know, that that's just the prime person that Derek was. And when I got the, um, saw the message, he had, he had a Facebook group, still has a Facebook group called you see me Darrow. You send me Darrow. And he ran it for years. And this Facebook group wasn't a specific niche. Like, yeah, there's a ton of writers in there. There's, But there's also all of Derek's friends that he had met in his 
walks through life, you know? And the only thing Derek wanted was to go in there and have a positive space for people on Facebook. To this day, shout out to Sean Ali. Excuse me. It remains one of the most inclusive places on Facebook. And I didn't realize how much I knew Derek meant a lot to me when he was alive, but I didn't know how much Derek really meant to me until he passed away, which is horrible. And and we sit here all the time. We sit here all the time talking about how life's too short and we need to spend more time together and talk to people more. And I, and I have preached this on most of the episodes of Hyphen Nation. Let people know how much they mean to you while you still can. And I made sure at the end of the podcast I, I, I did with Derek, I made sure to tell him that's the last time I actually talked to him in person. And we talked off the podcast some more and I was just giving him as many flowers as I could. I, that's just because I love Derek and I loved everything that he was about. <sighs> Derek was a, a Brooklyn boy, Brooklyn shout out to, um, shout, shout out to Brooklyn, man. Home of Jay-Z, home of Derek Ferguson, home of Thomas DJ, home of Biggie and many other greats. Sometime in high school was my junior year, I believe, of high school. Um, yeah. My dad had gotten us our first computer in the house. And I don't know if I've told this story before, but this is how it all leads to Derek. So, And at first I was real heavy on the, the rap battle boards, writing key styles, freestyles, and posting them for people to read. This episode sponsored by Quantum Quantum Bean Bakery, by the way. And at some point, I had started my own rap battle board, and then I had noticed you could uh, a cer- a certain guy on there. I wish I could remember his name. I don't know if it was. Oh, I can't think of his name. It was, it's years ago. I hope he's doing well, <laughs> even though you don't know what I'm talking about. He had taken these um these gifts. And were they, no, they were gifts of these Marvel characters and they look really great. They are like, this is like Marvel.com circa 2000, essentially. So Marvel had all these real great uh, shots of their characters and they were uh, transparent. So you could literally save the image from Marvel.com and then put it up anywhere on with a little coding and it'll look awesome. And I went to go get me some. And I hadn't read, co- read comics for a few years. I got out right after the Clone Saga ended, essentially. Um, but I, I really hadn't been reading. I got more into rap and stuff. So all my comic books turned into starting to read the source every month and pouring over those, those interviews and everything. And I started perusing Marvel.com and then I saw, I started catching up on things I had missed and then I don't, it was a random Google search one night, maybe <laughs> Yahoo search, ask Jeeves search. I'm not even really sure. And 
I was searching Scarlet Spider for some reason. And I got a hit on a site. And it said something about Scarlet Spider. So I checked it out. I just thought it'd be like a little fan site and stuff. Because everybody's making fan sites back then. Everybody had a website back then. Your Angel Fires, your GeoCities, your um, Tripods. They, they were all running rampant back then. And I discovered this site called Marvel Marvel Volume 1 Nights, MV1 Nights. And on this site, there was something called fan fiction. Not slash fiction, you pervs. Fan fiction. <laughs> and what Marvel Volume 1 was, was a reimagining of the Marvel comics diverging. Where did they diverge at? It was... It was after Heroes Return, I think. So after all the heroes came back is when Marvel Volume 1 started, I think. Don't quote me. You can go look on archive.org if you want to know the answer for sure. God, stop yelling at me. And I discovered this whole world of fan fiction. And I read the Scarlet Spider fan fiction. And no, it wasn't by Derek. But I discovered fan fiction. And then I discovered a site called Avengers 2000. And then I discovered a site called DC Legends. And the very first thing I ever read by Derek that he wrote, because Derek was a writer, I know I said it earlier, was a series he was writing called Monel. And it's it's incredible. I think it's still up. Honestly, I think it's still out there. And I was like, man, this Derek Ferguson guy is really good. So I'm reading all these stories and I'm hella impressed. So I'm like, oh, I want to write fan fiction. I can do this. So shout out to my man, Gary Dreselinski, man. I hit him up and uh, he ran Avengers 2000. And I was like, I want to write Great Lakes Avengers. But I had no idea what Great Lakes Avengers was. I was just trying to pick characters that were available so I could write this team book about these characters that had no history together and call it Great Lakes Avengers. Not surprisingly, Gary passed. And I had, I think I had another idea and Gary passed on that too. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own fan fiction site. So I started a message board originally called Comics Continuum. And I was planning on writing all these comics, all these stories, X-Men, Spider-Man. I was going to write them all. Well, that didn't happen. But eventually that evolved into me starting my own website called Marvel Anthology. And I did write um, a Spider-Man series there. Uh, for a couple years, and then we branched out and did DC Anthology. Shout out to my homies, Eric Frome and Clayton Tooley, MC. Um, and I wrote Robin and a couple other things over there and stuff. I had, um in this time, as I'm building, getting more into fanfic, there's this thing called Yahoo Groups. And Yahoo Groups were email message boards. So essentially, you were emailing people or, or you could either use the site to met to post or you could use your email and then the idea was you could either have every email from the group come straight to your inbox and you could read it or you could do a digest and read it all there and so i had started like a marvel a marvel anthology one and eventually dc anthology one but i was in the the heroes group which the heroes fan fiction was like the the official magazine of 
fan fiction back in the day. And I would constantly see Derek Ferguson posting all the time. And everybody and reading people's comments and reading issues. And, you know, there's like a Mount Rushmore of fanfic writers back then. And it was like, for me, Derek was on there. Uh, Mark Bosquet is on there who still needs to be on the pod. Uh, Thomas DJ, he had some, he had some good stuff. Des Davies, Barry Reese, shout out to you, Barry. So many good names. Alex Maggie, Maggie. I wonder how Alex is doing, man. I hope he's doing good. Um, Dino Pollard, uh, Percival Constantine, better known as I was on his pod, uh, superhero cinephiles that he actually did with Derek. Uh, they started the pod probably about two years ago. And then he, uh, he was the very first person to kind of get his tribute out. And I, I filled in for Derek and we cut me and Dino, sorry, <laughs> me and Perry covered, uh, the amazing Spider-Man, amazing Spider-Man too. So you can check that out wherever podcast or podcast it. And I was just like, I was just always so floored by Derek and so impressed. And Derek would take the time to read people's issues and then write these wonderful reviews. And the, the cool thing was Derek wasn't trashing anybody. He never trashed anybody. Derek was always very thoughtful and gave good criticism, but then he also gave you a ton of praise for the things you did right. Derek was one of the best reviewers I've ever known. Ever known. And I was always all laid back in the shadows. I'm like, oh man, like, I think we had a few interactions on the message board, but nothing, nothing of note. Nothing noteworthy. DC Anthology, the D DC fanfic site that I ran with Eric and MC, we had done a relaunch. So... I had sent Derek maybe the second issue of my Robin reader launch because I used to write I used to write a Tim Drake Robin uh, for DC anthology. Also, uh, I'm totally on board with the developments that have happened with Tim uh, being by. I'm all for it. Love who you love, man. Tim is still Tim. He just likes dudes. No big deal. Sometimes he's bi. He also likes women. <laughs> I've missed you guys. And I wrote it. Uh, I got it. It got. I read it. It came out. And I was like, you know what? I would really like to see what Derek thinks about this. So I'm, I'm going to see if I can't find this email. I I know I. I feel like I've dug it up before on the podcast, but I really would like to read it if I can get it to work here. Because it was from a long time ago. <laughs> All right, here we go. April 2nd. No way. No, it's two days. Okay, I thought it was the same day that he ended up passing on. April 2nd. Hey, man. Just wrote this issue of Robin and I like it, but I'm thinking it's either missing something or something. If you could read this and give me some feedback, I'd greatly appreciate it. Hope you're doing okay and I hope Patricia is as well. So we have been talking a little bit. Shout out to Patricia. Patricia, I'm so sorry for your loss. 
I, I'm so sorry. And I really wish I could have been there at the funeral, but we, it was like, I had maybe just got vaccinated. Obviously it was in Brooklyn, but I really wish I could have been there. And thank you for making sure that we were able to watch the, the funeral and everything on Facebook. One of the good things that uh, Facebook ever did for me. So Derek said, I just got home a little while ago. Give me some time to shove some baked chicken with macaroni and cheese down my throat and I'll give it a read. No problem. <laughs> my man, my man said, yeah, I, I can totally help you, but I'm a flex on you and tell you that I'm about to have a delicious meal as well. <laughs> oh, shoot. So he, he sent that back to me at 8.11 p.m. And I had emailed him at 6.22 p.m. 9.19 p.m. Same day. Kellen. First, a couple quick thoughts. No, it's, this is not going to make sense without you reading the issue. But I just want you to read the, what he, the time he took, okay? I want you all to hear the time he took. First, a couple quick thoughts. In issue two, Burke hands over the drugs way too easily. Wouldn't his first thought be that guy might be 5-0? He read issue one as well. I only asked him to read issue two. You've got a line in number one where Tim tells his dad to take care of his car since Los Angeles has plenty of public transportation. I've always heard and read that it's absolutely necessary for you to have a car if you want to get around in L.A. I had no clue. No clue. On to the main event. You've got a good story here, but I think where you're... you. But I think where you think you're missing something is the direction the story is going in. It's a good story, sure. But is it a good Robin story? Tim is almost a supporting character in the first two issues as, you, as, you've plainly, as you're plainly having more fun writing about the activities of college campus life. The excitement of being on your own for the first time, moving into the dorms, the party life, meeting new friends, all this you convey tremendously well and with considerable energy. But when Tim Drake finally gets into his Robin costume, the energy level curiously drops into being ramped up to another level instead of being ramped up to another level. It's as if you're anxious to get back to the other characters in the story and see what they're, they're doing instead of showing us Robin investigating further. Take the guy in the hospital who OD'd, for instance. First of all, would Robin really walk up to the main desk and ask for information or would he have snuck into the hospital and found him on his own? And I'm pretty sure I did have Robin just walk into the the hospital dresses Robin and asks for where to pay you up. <laughs> I mean, is it such a good idea for Robin to tip his hand so soon that he's investigating this case? And wouldn't he take a sample of the guy's blood, test it himself, and verify that the drug that killed him was indeed venom? And then he said, I don't mean to piss in your rice bowl regarding this story, but after reading not only the second issue, but the first one as well, I think that your real interest is in the story you're telling about campus life and not the one with Robin. Feel free to contact me if you want to discuss this further. Yeah. That's the kind of dude Derek was. Bl blindly asking him. Like I said, we'd had some small interactions by then. And honestly, that, this is 2007 when I wrote, dang, was it that late when I wrote that? Shoot. Shoot. Damn. One of the coolest things for me, and I'm not afraid to say it though about Derek, as y'all just heard the time and care that he took to write that, though that that little review and those thoughts about my issue, my issues that I had written. 
uh, probably about, I don't know, 2003, 2004, a bunch of fanfic writers decided they wanted to do a new site and focus on writing original fiction and just kind of do it in a serialized way, just like they were doing with the Marvel and DC characters. And it was called Frontier Publishing. And it was from Frontier, I'm pretty sure, that I first saw my man Derek was black. So, I mean, y'all know me. Born to black parents, white stepmother, uh, lived in Hampshire County most of my life in West Virginia, uh, surrounded by white people. <laughs> I've never had a problem with a white person. But when I found out that Derek was doing it on the level that he was as a black dude, I gained a whole nother respect for him because I was young. I mean, the only writers I knew at the time were rappers. <laughs> I didn't really, I hadn't really gone down that well of exploring uh, black writers and things like that in high school or at college at that point. So when I found out Derek was black, I, I was like, oh, a kindred spirit, you know? So somewhere between that email when I first discovered Derek and when I found out he's black, we had some interactions. Probably, more than likely, was on his live journal. If you don't remember what live journal is, live journal, um, there used to be this thing called uh, blogging, except it was more like journaling. So before blogs blew up and you can make money off of them, people would actually just kind of write on their online journals about their day. I originally started on a site called Zanga. X-A-N-G-A that I did, uh, discovered through my friend Matthew. And then I met my friend Nicole on there who just so happened to marry hyphen, hyphen podcast group's very own Eric Greenlee, a.k.a. Handsome Bane, a.k.a. my tag team partner on the Rasslecast Power Hour. And I hope you are listening to that. And then from Zanga, I had saw some uh, some fanfic guys were on live journals, so I started following them, and eventually I moved over to live journal as well. So it was probably live journal where I discovered Derek was black when I saw his picture, and I was like, "Oh shit, Derek's black." That's what's up, because back in the day, like you didn't have a, a profile picture on everything. Like you can hardly open a like look on somebody's profile for anything anymore, and not have an actual picture of them. Uh, back in the early two thousands. Either people didn't want to be on the internet or they just didn't post a picture. They didn't want to ask for one. They didn't think they had a good picture. And I started following Derek's uh, travels on his live journal where he was a landlord in Brooklyn and lived with his uh, beautiful wife, Patricia. And and that's kind of how our, our friendship truly began was probably live journal. Fast forward. Actually, it was... Uh, 2000 it was early 2007 yeah when Derek and my friend your friend Thomas DJ decided they wanted to start they got asked to start a movie review podcast which they did and they called it better in the dark they recorded the first episode on Super Bowl Sunday in 2007 and from there they 
the whole deal they were had with this website to do this uh, movie review thing didn't work out. They decided they were having a great time, so they continued to do it. So, Better in the Dark was probably the second podcast I ever listened to in my life. The first one was Other People's Toys, which was by uh, Thomas. And that was like a fan fiction podcast that came out in like 06. Um, and he did like four or five episodes. And I think the very last episode he did was one with Derek. And I loved that episode. And I think I had told them both how much I loved that episode. And then they ironically started a podcast not that long after. Better in the Dark ran from 2007 until 2013, 2012. I think it ended before Leah was born. And probably within the first hundred episodes that they did, because they were doing one a month, uh, maybe even more than that, I had said, hey guys, I decided to make y'all a, a song. Uh, I did a, a verse about the show, kind of like a little theme song, uh, just for fun. And they're like, well, you're the official music director of Better in the Dark. And I was like, uh, WTF. <laughs> so from there, I crafted lovingly several Better in the Dark uh, theme songs. And that's how my relationship with that show began. And then I was also in Better in the Dark three times, I believe. The Spike Lee episode, the Prince episode, and the Shaft episode. Um, yeah, so I was on, on there three times. And there, there might have even been a fourth. But we always had the best time on there. And that was one of the first times I got the open invitation to, you come through Brooklyn, you got to come see me, as Derek would say. And so I always had a standing invitation to to go to my man's house and, and see him and hang out. And, and, and I'm not the only one he extended this invitation to. I'm not the only one. He, uh, that's just the kind of guy he was, man. He, he wanted, he wanted his, he loved people and he, he loved being around them. And he, he, he just, he just wanted to, he just was filled with so much joy, man. So, so much joy. And so better in the dark it ended and me and him would, either be emailing or talking on Facebook and, you know, just, just a steady dialogue. It wasn't like every day, every week, but you know, we we would stay in touch. And I, we had taken Nikki who y'all might remember from episode 25. We, she had moved to New York city and she moved into Washington Heights. She found a roommate in Washington Heights. So Angel and I drove her up to the big city to live there. And she got a job there and, you know, fresh out of college, this was going to be her thing. And I was dying to call Derek and be like, hey, I'm here. Uh, I only got a little bit of time, but love love to see you. But it literally was the trip up. We stayed in a hotel. We drove the rest of the way and dropped her at her apartment in Washington Heights. We brought took her stuff in, went back down in the car, and then we left. And that is the only time I've been in New York city. And I told him that I was like, Hey, I was in a Washington Heights the other day, but it literally was only for maybe an hour and a half. So I drop off my sister-in-law, my then sister, uh, my, or my future sister-in-law. And he's like, Oh, no problem. No problem, man. I understand. But we, we definitely need to get together. 
So as y'all can hear on the podcast, uh, me and Derek last talked on that episode and we talked about all kinds of cool stuff. Derek has created a multitude, handful, but I feel like it's a multitude and wonderful universes with his writing. He has a character named Dylan and I highly suggest you go to Amazon right now, type in Derek Ferguson, Dylan. And he has several Dylan books that he's written on there that you can get a hold of. Um, I, I assume that Amazon, I don't know what Patricia has wor- worked out since he's passed and everything, but anything that you would buy obviously would go to Patricia and his, and his remaining family. So if you, if you could do that and support him and then just, just read the, read the books, man, because the books are, are so stinking Good. Hold on one second. I want to go grab the books because one, do it for the video. How how they do it? They got to put their hand in front of it. Uh, shout out to my man Derek or Thomas DJ as well. Shadow Legion, New Roads to Hell. Uh, Thomas DJ, and then I also have Derek's book right here, which is one of his books. Dylan and the Pirates of Zanira, written by Derek Ferguson. Let me just read you this blurb, my my dude, my dude, my guys and dudes. Once upon a time in the faraway island nation of Zanira, Dylan was instrumental in halting a bloody revolution and handing the reins of power over to Lord Chancellor Sajai. Now a mysterious group of international businessmen contact Dylan with evidence that Dylan's old friend, the Lord Chancellor Sajai, is engaged in high seas piracy in the ocean surrounding Zanira. In order to discover the truth behind the matter, Dylan decides to fight fire with fire and assembles a motley crew of rogues and cutthroats aboard the diesel-powered submarine Morgan Adams and sails for Zanira. In Zanira, it seems, beautiful women, traitors, and tyrants are in no short supply, and Dylan's less triumph and Dylan's less than triumphant return is marked by a cascade of bullets, bombs, and blood. And here's a review from a review, a blurb, little, you know how they put those little quotes on books. This is from uh, another friend of mine, Joel Jenkins. Dylan and the Pirates of Zanir exemplifies everything is best about the new pulp movement. A larger than life hero, an incredible cast of characters, plentiful twists and turns, and cover to cover action. And I shit you not, Derek sent me a, a beta copy. And if you don't know what a beta copy is, if you're a beta reader, when writers trust you and want to know your opinion on how the book's going, they will send you the book and they want you to read it. And then they want your feedback. Derek sent me a copy of this and I breezed through this before it was published. And it's an incredible book. Incredible. Dylan is the next action franchise. I have said for years, I wish I had money just to put up for Dylan books. He is an amazing character. His world is amazing. And that's not even to say, and and not only Dylan, he has characters named Diamondback and um, he had, there's a cowboy too. And I'm, I'm not going to look because I just want to focus on talking about my friend right now. But Derek is a wonderful writer. And if you've ever run across any of his fan fiction, he wrote this incredible Hawk series a few years back. God, a long time ago back. That was simply great. Was that for us? Damn, Eric, if you're listening, uh, was that for DC Anthology? It, it might it might be up right now. 
But Derek, Derek was so good at world building. And his favorite character of all time was Doc Savage. And Doc Savage was a, a pulp fiction icon back in the day. And he, he always just was so impressed by the Man of Bronze. And and that was his guy. Like, Spider-Man's his guy, my guy. Um, Doc Savage was his guy. Like, Cap is Handsome Bane's guy. And and Derek, just like Handsome Bane, didn't always, always agree with me on Spider-Man. But what he was able to do as a writer was just amazing. And there's just so much of his work out there. And he has he has a whole Patreon that I don't know if the Patreon is still active or not. I'm actually going to, trying to take a look here now. Well, I don't, I'm not going to take a look here now. But I actually was on the Patreon and I downloaded everything that I could because he literally has all of them. He has all this all this great writing on there that he's had for years um, that I, I just knew I had to have. He he had reached out to me at one point because there was a local um a a local what is it cable access um public public broadcasting place somewhere in Brooklyn they were talking about doing a, his own talk show maybe and he was hoping that I could do music for it um and then he never talked to me about it again so I guess it didn't happen but uh God like he he hated the sound of his voice but Derek. I could listen to Derek talk for hours about anything, anything. And, and, and it was, there, there was just always such joy and passion behind whatever he had to say. I remember when on better in the dark, when I think it was, I think it was Derek who watched all of the, um, Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> and I remember how each one, and you know how many Friday Thirteenth movies there are. Each one he just approached with such passion and enthusiasm, even if it was a terrible ass movie. And Derek was an amazing friend to to Thomas. Thomas is bipolar, and has had his issues and ups and downs. But to the day that Derek passed away, he was Thomas's best friend. And when a lot of people wouldn't stand by Tom, Derek was always there no matter what. He would give you the shirt off his back, the keys to his car, the baked chicken off his plate, and then still read your review. <laughs> or still read your story and then give you an honest review. His live journal is still up. His websites are still up for now. Ferguson Inc. and Derek's Review Notebook. All of those are up. And Derek was never real big on Facebook, especially posting about his personal life on there. Like on when he was blogging, journaling, he he would kind of get into certain things, but he never he never revealed too much of his personal life on there. He'd be like, "Oh, we took a trip. I'm writing this. This happened at the house. Um, you know, s small things." He'd give us little peeks, but he was never the guy to get on here and be, "Oh, I don't know, say, 38 years old and 
talking about uh, depression and stuff. Like, he, he's never that guy to, to, to do that. <laughs> but he was one of the first champions of Hyphen Nation. He's one of two supporters, along with Melisette, who actually was, was making a, a donation to the pod um, at one point. And there was actually a point where I needed that money that, that I had accumulated over X amount of time, and I was able to, to use that money when I needed it, all because of Derek and Melisette, man. So when, he, he always encouraged me to keep going. No matter what, he's just like always, you just, you keep going. And he always encouraged everybody to do that. You see me, Darrow is full of quotes about you should be writing right now. Stop procrastinating. Do what you love. All these positive messages. So when the post came in from on you, me, Darrow that day, gosh. I don't really want to look at this. Hold on, I'm wait I'm waiting on it to load. <sighs> Almost there. <sighs> and Patricia <laughs> Patricia took five days for herself because I, I, I get it. I get it. Like the first thing you don't want to do is rush to Facebook. The first thing you don't want to do is rush to Facebook. You, you've got to deal with yourself first. So she wrote on, it is with a broken heart that I, Patricia Cabbage Stalk Ferguson, announced the passing of my beloved Derek Ferguson. Derek transitioned on April 4th, 2021. And I think, I think Eric Frome had uh, messaged me and and told me <sighs> he's like, "Hey, did you see, did you see about Derek?" And I was like, "Oh my God, what happened?" And then I went to Facebook and I saw it. My words that day said, my friend Derek Ferguson passed on April 4th. He's one of the most genuine, funny, and kind-hearted people I ever met. Eric Frome and I had made plans with him to come see him in Brooklyn before this whole pandemic thing had happened. I want to share with you this video because this man loved him some Billy Ocean. And this video will be proof of that forever. I'll miss you, my friend. He threatened to assassinate me if I ever shared it with anyone. I wish he was here to carry out his end of the bargain. Love you, brother. Derek went to a Billy Ocean concert and was so happy to be there. But then also knew that we loved a lot of the same music. That he sent me a video of him dancing to Billy, Fer Billy Ferguson, Billy Ocean, and told me he, he assassinated me if I ever shared it with anyone, man. Like, that's who Derek was, man. Derek was always thinking about other people and I miss him, man.
همسم He did so much for me and I just hope he knew it. So, I've been trying to deal with that for the last six months or so. <laughs> I didn't think it would hurt hurt as much as it has. But <laughs> I've been trying to do everything but this podcast, man. Like I thought about quitting the podcast. I thought about quitting Knife and Podcast Group. I didn't want to do the wrestling podcast. I didn't want to do guest spots. I... <laughs> I thought I wanted to be a TikToker. I thought I wanted to be a YouTuber. I was just trying to figure out ways to make extra money off of doing creative stuff. I was pushing myself into the ground. But what I realized, what I realized was for years, Derek one of the best writers I've known in my life would happily, I mean, he, he had, he semi-retired essentially. He was retired. All he did was not to say he was lazy, but he'd sit around and he'd get to write most of the day, like in his later years. And I think I'd asked him about his writing process when we, on the podcast before. And Derek, never made that major step like he I'm sure he sold a good number of books in his life I'm sure he he made a I would like to think he made a decent amount of money off his Patreon for what he was able to do but he never got that recognition and my and my Aquarius ass is all like I just want my recognition I want people to recognize what I'm doing I want I want all the views I want all the likes I want all the downloads I want my music to get listened to. I've dealt with the music already and I got to a place where I knew that it didn't matter if people listen to my music as long as I liked it. Why? I didn't expect that I'd be going through the same shit over something that wasn't music related at age 38 because I wanted recognition. And then I finally thought to myself, it finally hit me, it was like, Derek did what he did because he loved it at the end of the day. And he always said sales didn't matter. He just he always just wanted to leave an impression on, on people that they read his work and they enjoyed it. And if for that small amount of time he had their attention with what he he did, that was good enough for Derek. And that's what I've had to come bring back to my center is the same thing. Just like my music. I got to do podcasts because I love it. I have to write because I love it. If I want to do a TikTok, I have to do it because I love it. And if I make a YouTube video, it has to be the same thing. I can't sit here and give a, care what other people think. It kills me. And even in death, 
I'm still learning from Derek, man. So that's why I haven't been around. And that's why I couldn't record another episode after Angel and Ali and I talked about our dog passing away, Brooklyn. And no, I didn't. I named them because, yes, Brooklyn was named Brooklyn because that's where Jay-Z was from. And I will forever also say it's where Thomas and Derek are from. I knew the next episode had to be about Derek. And I just I even had a video talking about how I passed up an opportunity to write for this compilation book that will be coming out here soon, I hope. And. I just couldn't do it because I didn't want to say goodbye to my friend because I knew there's only way that I, one way I wanted to do that. And that was this way. On a podcast that he liked to listen to and that he supported because his friend did it. So Derek. I love you, man. And it broke my heart to finally get into your Patreon because, yeah, I was that asshole who never threw Derek any money even though he was throwing me money for months. I finally got on his Patreon after he passed because I wanted to download all the the writing he had on there. And he had written an update about what was wrong. He had written everything about his hospital stay and everything, but he thought he was on the mend and it wasn't meant to be. So Derek, I'm, I love you and I miss you, but I'm glad you're out of pain. And I, and, I, and yeah, I I know that you can hear me, man. So I I couldn't rightfully jump back into the podcast without doing this so hyphenation is back we going back to the old music Barack Obama approved I ain't guaranteeing weekly episodes but I'm back you might sometimes just get me talking for a half an hour you I would like to have more conversations with, with my friends though to be completely honest because as this whole episode tells you, you never know when it's your time to go. So please give your friends and family the flowers while they're here. Call your call your mom. Call your dad. Call your sister. Call your brother. If your sister's a piece of trash, fucking forgive her. Like, I'm trying to, but doesn't mean you have to have interaction with her. The power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. <clears throat> yeah. Try to have genuine interactions with people, man, because you never know what the next man or woman is going through. And your ability to be nice may save someone else's life or their life down the road. You just never know. We're going to have Ben Simmons on the show, but fuck Ben Simmons. Fuck Kyrie. Uh, if you need to contact the show, b hyphen, b h y p h e n at gmail.com. B hyphen on Twitter, the b hyphen on Instagram. Hyphen pod group on Twitter, hyphen podcast group on Instagram, hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. Reach out in any of those ways. Hyphen podcast group on Facebook, hyphen universe on Facebook, 
hyphen universe on YouTube. If you're watching this video right now, I know I cried a lot, but if you felt that, if you felt that, cause I was talking about my friend who I miss dearly, you can go ahead and give me a like, subscribe, all those things. If you're listening to this in your ear holes right now, subscribe to the pod, leave a review. If you hit Apple Podcasts, give me five stars for every tier that I dropped. Cause that shit was real. And it feels good to get this off my chest. I got to go to work. Derek, I love you and I miss you, brother. See you when I get there. Thank you to everyone who's listening to this, watching to this, all that jazz. Thanks, y'all. Where's the stop button on this crazy thing? Production. Are you not entertained?